Can you handle the suspense? Hi everybody, I'm Bill Little. Welcome to Stratosphere Lounge. Uh, we have our walk-in music, which I've always wanted to play on YouTube because it's just so perfect for this. It's uh, I Know a Place. Um, Can you handle the suspense? Hi everybody, I'm Bill Little. Welcome to Stratosphere Lounge. That was Lounge. shocking. Uh, Petula Clark's I Know a Place, and it's just so perfect for this show, and I never get to play it for people on YouTube. Anyway, uh, I do play it for the walk-in, and um, I played it for the walk-in, and then there was a momentary dis uh, delay. And there was a momentary delay because I had uh, said I was thought I was rendering something, and it turned out it wasn't rendering, but it's rendering now. It'll be ready in just a second. Uh, how's everybody doing? Hope everybody is doing very well. Uh, first of all, um, I want to thank all of you for again for the happy birthday wishes. You guys are just... Uh, just too much. Uh, honestly, it's, well, it's not too much. Keep it coming. Um, but uh, Natasha, we went down to uh, San Diego for a couple of days, and uh, Natasha did nothing but read the, the Facebook comments on the way down. She was just you know, practically in tears. Of course, that might have been me um, putting her practically in tears. Hard to say these days, but in any event, um, no, we were, we're very, very grateful. Let's just fix this, why don't we? Uh, and um, and, and as always, thank you again for, for the very, very kind words, and they're going on right this very second in the live comment section. Uh, let's see, another news. Um, I had thought, you know, that I, you know, uh, do I have a top? You have a top atop your head. Do I have a top atop my head? Looks like a regular top of my head. Um, in any way, uh, I had thought, you know, that you ever, you know, it's funny. Is I actually did the um, did the uh, virtue signal on this today, uh, on on faith, and how how easy it is to uh, expect. You know, that bad things are going to happen. I don't mean capital F faith, like uh, Christian faith. I mean just faith in things. You know, working out well rather than working out. Um, you know, not so well. Uh, but. Um, yeah, I had uh, I had done this interview with um, with uh, uh, Dictor von Doomcock, the future ruler of Earth. Uh, well over a month ago now, I would say, and I hadn't heard from him. And I thought, well, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe uh, he heard something about me that has been following me around. Who knows? Uh, and I also tried to contact Gary over at Nerd Roddick. I tried reaching him three times and then it got embarrassing. So I'm thinking, well, you know, dude, you're just, you know, you're, you're a guy who has a great future behind you. And uh, and that was that. And then in the space of, I don't know, an hour, um, I got a message from Doomcock saying, Hail Bill. He All his, all his messages always start with Hail Bill. So it's always Hail Doomcock. It's a fantastic device. If you ever uh, need to talk to him, although I'm sure uh, Mr. Tomes knows this, you always just address him as Hail Doomcock and that, that'll do it. Uh, he um, he came back and said uh, the reason it was taking so long was because it was, uh, I think he said it was an hour and a half interview. Um, and uh, he said it was just such a great conversation. He had to do a lot of editing on it, and it's longer than anything he's ever done. So that was cool. Um, and then, I don't know, half an hour later, ding. Uh, hi, uh, it's um, it's uh, the booker for, for uh, Gary and Nerd Roddick. He'd love to have you on the show. 
Why is this important? You say, why shouldn't I? Why am I not worried about? Why sh why should I not be uh, trying to get on? You know, the Levin show or something like that. Well, uh, it's because uh, it's because I'm a I'm a saucy boy. That's why. Um, so uh, that that's all good news. And um, I talked to somebody uh, I've mentioned before, uh, really big in the internet, and uh, and and really practically wrote a lot of the internet and uh, told him I wanted to do a second channel. And among the things I wanted to do on the second channel was um, tutorials on how to make movies in Unreal. That's all. I don't know, Jack, about programming it for games. I just know how to make movies in Unreal. And and this fellow's wife, a lovely lady, just shot up. She said, oh my God, everybody wants, that's all That's all. 12 year olds want to do. They want to, they want to make movies in Unreal. So you can, Unreal Engine is a game engine, but it's also uh, capable of doing some pretty good, um, what's called cinematics, pre-rendered scenes. And now we come to uh, the, uh, the reason why we were just a little bit late launching here today. Um, I'll, I'll just tell the story as it unfolded. So I've had the chapter one of this um, uh, Dias for Dungeon thing finished for months, finished in November. And I really like it, and I thought I think it's great, and, and I love the animation and the music and everything else. But there was something about it that was just bothering me. And then I had a, a screenwriter friend of mine come over, and I showed it to him. And in the in the first half of this thing, I the the character I play I play a knight, and uh, Alfonso Rachel plays a knight, and um, those are a couple of bad nights, and. Uh, and I just knew it was just taking too long. But my, but my friend, the screenwriter, said, um, he said, does, when does the werewolf come back? And I said, man, it doesn't come back. And, he said, and the second he said that, I realized, you know, I've been sitting here talking about how to write screenplays on the show and elsewhere, and I just completely violated my, uh, you know, my first cardinal rules because I was just so in love with getting it done. Just, just seeing it just made me happy. So, a little, about a week ago, I decided that I had to redo the first half of this video. Now, before you panic, uh, I'm moving much faster than I used to, but the main problem with the video, as, as it existed for that small number of you who are live, who've seen it before, uh, virtually none of you have seen it before. You're going to see something tonight, though. Um, it, it just took too long to get into the story, and when you get the big surprise reveal at the end, it didn't really mean anything. Got a big laugh when, um, when I played it down in Ramona, but before that, people were just, oh, that's kind of cool, because before that, it was just kind of cool. What I've redone is I've redone the entire opening of this, and I've made, um, I've brought a lot of these monsters that we see in the dungeon of mystery. Uh... And I've taken them out of the Dungeon of Mystery towards the end of the thing, and I've put them in the forest at the very beginning. So now I don't have to do all of those test renders saying, and this is what we'd like to do, this is what we'd like. We're going to get a bunch of them in there. Uh, what, kind of, uh, what kind of creatures, you might say? Well, it's funny you mention that, because uh, we just recorded that earlier today. I got Zoe's lines. Werewolf named Brandon is a very, very good idea. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just read you some of the creatures that, that will appear in now. They will appear in this first chapter, not, not downstream. Give me one second. I'll just uh, open up the uh, recent uh, script here. And I've got something to show you. Uh, and I, I don't think I've ever shown anything of any real length 
that was recorded, but uh, I'm going to do it tonight because we're getting very close. Uh, another thing that happened, uh, and I'm getting to all this, uh, with the regard to changing the script was I found another set, uh, just a huge repository of Shakespeare quotes, and I picked another, I don't know, 60, 70, 80 of them. It's amazing how many things that guy came up with. Uh, he, I, I just, you know, he, he, people should, should know more about him. It'd be nice if he were to break out someday, this, this Shakespeare fellow. But I found, I found so many great lines that are clear, perfect Shakespeare lines. And the way I've been writing the script is I've been looking for anything that Shakespeare actually wrote that, that'll fit. And then um, I just kind of, you know, fill in the, the gaps. But I got to use a lot of that too. And since I had a lot of it to use, I decided that one of the things that I hadn't done in the first one was tell Zoe's backstory. So Zoe, when you see it in a minute, Zoe will be the knight in the, in the kind of leathery brown armor. I'm the guy in the silver armor. Uh, and, um, and before they were just two guys walking through a forest and Zoe was taking me to this horrible castle where the source of all evil is. And it was just kind of a lark, you know, we're just kind of, Zoe's been there before, now he wants to get it back again. And I've changed this completely now. Now it's like, they, you'll see in a second, they walk into a burned out forest and a continuing burning forest. And this used to be Zoe's kingdom. It used to be Zoe's kingdom and it's all been destroyed by those people. What people? My good prince. I cannot say they shall not be named. I cannot name them. I will not. I dare not. Okay, so we're building up a big mystery. So the big reveal at the end of the animation when you find out that this that this nightmare uh, castle, this house of horrors, is in fact uh, Democratic Party headquarters, uh, then boom, it means something. So it's it's just it's just infinitely better. Now because uh, we do the show recorded, but I actually do the show. You know that we do the show live in front of a front of a, a live audience here. There's 65 people right now. It sometimes gets up to 80 and maybe a little higher sometimes. But uh, while I'm very, very happy that people watch this uh, recorded version on YouTube, I kind of do the show for the for the people that are in the comment section because they're the, the kind of the key strata loungers and we got a thing going here. So they have seen uh, a fair amount of this animation, but they haven't seen the new stuff. So what I've got is now, everybody just turn the sound up just a little bit and put, put away all your distractions. What you're going to see are test renders. What does that mean? Well, it means this. The hard part, the time-consuming part of computer animation, for me anyway, if I want it really to look realistic, if I really want it the way I want it to look, the hard part is lighting it. Is getting is getting the lighting right? Getting the <laughs> CP tones. That's hilarious. I love it. So, uh, somebody in the comment section just made a reference to freaks, which is yeah, that's that's just that's just cool people. Um, so uh, the the first thing you have to do is you have to kind of pick a location, and that means you know buying assets, I buy a castle, I buy a forest, whatever. And I got to fly around in the forest and figure out where I want to put this action. And I got to frame up a couple shots and then I got to light the thing. And, and since this new version is taking place in heavy fog, that is a bear. 
it's just really, really hard because you want the fog to be thick enough so that so that shadow figures can come walking out of it, but you don't want it so thick that you can't see the characters in front of you. You want the torch that the guy's carrying to light up the trees nearby and put a nice orange glow into the fog, but not too much because then you blow away the background. And it's basically balancing fog density, the brightness of the lamp, uh, the, the torch, and, and the camera exposure. And it's, it just took forever. But um, I've got, uh, I've got uh, four of them to show you. And, um, and by next week, I'll, I'll be damn near done. I expect I'll be done by next week. I hope so. So um, I think I, with, uh, with, with much further ado, let me see. Here we go. So for those of you who have seen it before, uh, here is the, um, the new version of the Forest Walk. Uh, what you're going to see are uh, the first two shots. Are, oh, I'll just narrate them with that. All right, so let me find them. All right. Do your thing, baby. So this is the new look. The second half of the thing at the castle doesn't change at all. Come on. Be nice to me. Okay, so here we go. So there's the burned out forest. And uh, during this time, Zoe is talking about, there used, this, this used to be a emerald canopy overstretched this. And, 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 and our people used to lie on these hills and look down at acrobats and jugglers and, and, and women would cheer them on and birds in the stream and, and everything. So um, oh, did I do the same shot twice? I guess I did. Anyway. Uh, the reason I say this is a lighting test is because his head isn't right, and uh, he will be talking, moving his head, but it gives you a pretty good idea um, of, you know, the, you get to see these guys in daylight, which you, you hadn't done before. I think I got that. It wasn't too different. There are different shots. Here's a reversal. Um, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think that's a cool effect. I lit all those fires myself. Uh, check this out. I think that's just fabulous. I just think it's just fantastic. So uh, Zoe says, it, we're, we're, I keep asking him, where are we going? He won't tell me. And he says, um, he says, uh, we're going, you know, we have to, we have to go to this horrible place. Um, so uh, look at that. <laughs> this is a guy who first picked up Unreal Engine seriously less than a year ago to work with it really seriously. It's, I, and this is how far I've come in the years since or I started doing the, that first of the animations. So, and then the final thing is, after they get to this place, they go, this is what the, this is what the actual um, encounter kind of scene will look like. Um, so you can see that fog, that, that fog had to get, oh, I can't tell you how long that took me to do that, uh, but it took me a long time. Uh, let's see what I got here. All right, I got one more I'm going to show you. Uh, and this is a test, big test, when I say test, 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 test. All right, so I understand that what you're about to see, the character's feet are moving through the floor and so on. Let me just go back for a second. So it, it, working, making movies in Unreal is very much like making real movies, which is why I'm familiar with it. And the reason it's taken me so long is getting, um, is getting to know... Uh, the, the hardware. Uh, Steve Eisenstein says, hey, uh, no collision on that tall grass bill. Correct, Steve, but you won't see that because I'll cover that in the reversal. I don't know how to do the collision. I could probably figure it out, but 
I don't have to. I just cut around. Nobody will know. Um, so, yeah, they have built-in fog settings, obviously. You just turn the fog on, that's, and that's great. But when you turn the fog on, the fog comes on. And you, and you have to... Look, my wife and I have this in common, among many other things we have in common. She's an extraordinarily good photographer, and she's turning into quite a painter, too. And, um, and the difference between uh, really good stuff and okay stuff is, is the details, the details. You've got to get it just right. That, that shot of them walking through the forest, for example. I mean, I, I, I don't know how many of those trees I had to set on fire. And some of them I had to take out just to get it the way I wanted it. So, um, so first thing we do is we find a location. Then we plunk the camera down just to see if the, if the camera angles are going to work. Good. Okay. Then we light it. And then we bring the actors in. Now, in movies and also on stage, um, uh, Deep, there, there, is there a chance of showing up on Doomcock's Saturday night show? A uh, Sunday night show? I think it's, I hope so. I think, think it's likely. Um, but anyway, here we go. So now that you've got the cameras where, more or less where you want them and you've got it lit, now you go through a phase which I got out of the way for the whole first thing. So now I don't have to worry about this anymore. And that, and that first uh, real phase is called blocking. So you know, finding a location that's you and the location guy, or me and the Unreal Engine asset. Lighting it is either the director of photography or me. Um, blocking is where, is where you figure out where people are going to be either on the stage or in the, in the frame. Where are they going to be when they say the lines? And once you got the blocking down, once you realize, okay, like the first shot, I mean, he's going to walk down the hill, and then the other guy's going to follow behind him, all right, so I set that up. Now what am I going to do with the camera? I'm going to start wide so I can see them both. And as he walks down the hill, I'm going to push the camera forward so that when they come to the bottom, I'll have them, I'll have them both framed in a nice two-shot hooray. Um, and, since, and since this is such a, a tedious and time-consuming process, that, thank you, by, that, by the way, that's a very great point. Uh, TAPS 556 says it's nearly impossible to get things to look exactly as you see them in your mind's eye. That is such an astute program i mean such an astute comment yes and and the the people who who are good at what they do don't stop until they get there um so all of this to say i'm going to show you one more thing and this is a raw render and this is this is not the clip i thought it was i just brought the wrong one but you'll, you'll get an idea so this was a test of the density of the fog the brightness of the of the torch and, and what it would look like to have creatures coming out of the fog. And I am not at all happy with this, but it's just one of the, I don't know, I probably did, probably did 200 renders in the last three days trying to get this, this lighting right. And I thank God for that, because that's like, you know, it's a frame, frame, frame. Back in the days of 3D Studio, you, you, put the, you turn the computer on for 20 hours, you might get, you know, 200 good frames. Uh, so here you go. I, I've got an asset. Uh, it's the first of the creatures that we see. It's, a, it's an insane person. And I wanted something creepy, and this is plenty creepy. But I'm just saying this before I show it, because I'll show it, and then everybody will tell me what, what's wrong with it. I already know what's wrong with it. I, the light is too bright. The fog isn't thick enough. And the character should be much, they should be foggier. With that said, it'll give you a rough idea of what's going to be coming out of the forest. And, uh, and this is the first set of uh, creatures coming out of the forest. This is uh, the, the, the people that, that have ruined this land, this kingdom. 
is the home of all of these creatures, and the first creatures they see are the are the are the uh, the, the criminally insane. Here we go. All right. So the reason that screen is black, it's running. Don't you worry. Don't panic. Nobody panic. That's the main thing. Um, I had to. There comes the light, and you see some of the things res up. And I've got a fire in the distance. I got a fire on the far side of that lake because I wanted to see how transparent the uh, fog would be. Now, if you look at the bottom, down by the shore, he's going to have some company here any second now. And uh, there, 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 there it is. Here it comes. Oh, it's running fast. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's coming right for you. It's coming right for you. But it's, it's way too lit, way too early. A bit like Slender Man. And the feet are skidding and all the rest of it. But these are the things you have to do again and again and again to get it the way you want it. So uh, I hope everybody uh, is pleased with that. The, the entire second half of the thing has been ready since November. I'm not touching that. I'm going to add a little bit of lines, uh, but that's easy. And, um, and off we go. Yeah, creepy. Thank you very much. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, I'm sorry, that's the, the real Catherine creepy, 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 creepy. Uh, Marisha Dark, of course, has a, has a criticism. Everything says needs more Snyder snow. Well, she's, this one is the first one that comes running out, and she comes running out. Other people come out slowly. Some people come out more quickly. This one is supposed to come screaming at you, and they will be screaming, by the way. The sound of the fire burning uh, in, in there with the forest is a big big part of that experience. It's that roaring fire. We did the lines earlier today and I said we gotta we gotta be shouting a little bit here, Zoe, because we gotta be talking over the sound of all this stuff. And um so uh that's that. Now uh, here's here's what comes out of the fog. I'll just read you this and then I'll tell you about my planetarium experience, then we'll go on and get all these questions done. He says optimistically. I'll read you this. This is before the creatures come out of the fog. This is after they walk down the hill. This is what they say to each other as they're going through the fire that you just saw. I'm just going to read this to you because it's, it's all Shakespeare. All of it. Every word of it. Every single word on this page is, is written by William Shakespeare. So we're walking through the fire. I'm behind him, and, and he still hasn't told me where we're going. So I kind of shouted at him. I said, brother... Thou hast bought me, brother, thou hast brought me through unpathed waters to these undreamed shores, and still thou wilt not tell me of our destination. You and I are past our dancing days. I do not like this place and would not willingly waste my time in it. And Alfonso's getting a little ticked off, and he says, And how shall I speak of where this path leads, brother? Hell is empty, and all the devils are here. And I say, How is it that clouds still hang on you? Why hast thou such a February face so full of frost, of storm, and cloudiness? And then Zeus says, I am not bound to please thee with my answers, brother. Vengeance is in my heart, death in my hand, blood and revenge are hammering in my head. My drops of tears I'll turn to sparks of fire. I will have the revenges on them all, that all the world shall... I will do such things... What they are yet I know not, but they shall be the terrors of the earth. And it's just, it's just cool. All right, so here's, here's what comes out uh, at them. And then, uh, so the first ones that come out are, 
Oh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, one, one, one more little, uh, little uh, uh, scene I added. Um, before all these creatures start coming out of the mist, they come out of the burning forest, which used to be Zoe's kingdom. And there's a dried up river, and he talks about how this used to be a beautiful river, but, but these horrible, evil, evil people hate water and, and fear it and won't travel over it. So they dammed it up, and now it's just a riverbed. So they're crossing the riverbed, and they get to the side, and he says, this is the beginning of, of their realm. I was so pleased with this. Sitting on the far shore of the, the, the beginning of the actual land that's owned by the Democrats. Sitting there is a giant stone doorway, huge, with, with wooden doors with steel bars on it. It's, it's huge. It's 50 feet tall. And there's no walls. It's just a gate. And I get to say, Zoe says, there stands the borders of their realm. And I say, surely this is in jest. And I walk forward. Here's this gigantic gate. And no wall. You just, it's, like, it's like that. It, it, very much like that scene in Blazing Saddles where they're riding on the open prairie, right? And they get to a toll booth and the, the toll booth comes down and, 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 um, and they, all the horses come to a stop and Slim Pickens says, ah, oh, hell, somebody's going to have to go back to town and get a shitload of dimes. It's interesting. No wall. So this, is, this will give you a good example. And again, this will be in the very first chapter. So that's why I'm very glad I redid this. Alfonso says, there stands the border of their realm. And I say, I walk up to it. I say, surely this is in jest. And I walk up to it and I look around. And I said, a gate with no walls. And I push against the door and then I say, locked, brother. The border with no walls hath a gate which is locked. What purpose can this serve? And Zoe says, it keeps out the honest, brother. And I say, a kingdom with no borders, guards, or sentries, unpatrolled by armed men on horseback is no kingdom. Tis but a wild and savage place that knows not law, nor God, nor reason, and is nothing but an invitation for banditry and cruel deprivation. If this were played upon a stage now, I would condemn it as an improbable fiction. So the first thing they see in the forest before, before the barking mat is they see these creatures with the big ears, and those are, uh, there's movement in the forest ahead. I see them. Pray them give none of your attention. Pray give them none of your attention, brother. There are darker creatures we must slay this night. And then I say, what do you think is their nature? And he says, they are not but woodland snitches, brother. Snitches? Snitches? A multitude of snitches guards this place thou namest not. So first thing we see are these giant bat-like demons with these huge ears. Those are the snitches. That's like the outer scouts. And then as we get closer, we start seeing all kinds of shape coming out of the fog. And I say, by the prickling of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. And Zoe says, more denizens of this godforsaken land. Fair as foul and foul as fair. Hover through fog and filthy air. So here they come. Uh, and I ask him to name them for me so I know what they are. So first come the barking mad and the criminally insane. So that spooky looking thing just come running. And their heads are going to be flopping. It's just going to be creepy. Then more of them come out, and I say, and these? And then Zoe says, now, hang on, because when you, when you see these characters, the whole purpose of this video, the whole purpose of this satire is to show what progressive politics do to people. So the monsters that are coming out of the fog are monsters that have been turned into monsters by Democratic Party policies. That's what we develop, what we find out 
as we go through this thing. So here's what's coming through the fog. And these, I say, and, and then Zoe says, uh, more, evil, more evil constituents of this demonic philosophy, the fatally open-minded, maiden mothers deserted by cowardly and selfish men, spoiled and ungoverned children, the gutless and the heartless, the loud and the vulgar, the weak-minded and gullible, lying rulers and absurd magistrates, the ungrateful, those who worship the primitive, cowards with the hearts of slaves, gluttons, drunkards, and hedonists, all appetite and no discipline. Mm. Uh, so we let them pass because they're not very, very dangerous. And then we see these, uh, we see these five Imagine a cross between a, a lamprey and a, and a human, like a leech. It's just it's just a just a mouth. It's just a walking lamprey mouth. And I say, what be these reeky, fly-bitten deformities? And Alfonso says, spare some pity for them, brother, for these be the saddest subjects of this evil kingdom. These were smiths and farmers once, proud and hard-working men, forced into dependency and beggary by cruel lies and deception. Now they're just leeches, and dependent. Uh, and then we see this good-looking couple of demons, and I say, what prey are these pretty things? And Zoe says, weak men and insane women, my friend. These lands are both the home and the cause of them. And I say, well, women may fall when there's no strength in men. That's a Shakespearean line I like a lot. So we see, we see the weak men and the crazy women come out, and the crazy women looks really crazy. And then we're wrapping up here. And then we start to see like the, the last of them, and these are more dangerous. Uh, hence cometh the lower slave masters, these we must fight, the cruel, the hysterical, agitators and creators of division and unrest, devil worshippers, shirkers who take everything, produce nothing, and want evermore. And finally we get a succubus. So um, I'm really as happy as I can be with, with this. I, I'm just going to spend the next week doing nothing but. However, uh, you uh, will be shocked, undoubtedly shocked, and pleased to know just before we recorded this, I mean, just before we recorded this, uh, I finished recording the first firewall I've done in a long time. And this one is fairly long, but it's the first one in a multi-part series. The series is called The Great Reset. And this first one is called Technocracy. So um, I really like it. You know, I, I usually like the ones I write. So um, we'll be going back to doing firewalls. And... Uh, and uh, thank you, Eric. Um, so it's not just going to be this one. This one's going to be called Technocracy. I think probably the next one will be called Plandemic. And and I'm just going to lay out the evidence. I'm going to lay out the evidence. And I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to say, listen, uh, there's so much craziness out there that it's very hard to talk about stuff. And I don't want to increase the craziness. So I'm just going to show you the things that I thought had some merit, and here's the sources, and here's why I think this evidence is fairly compelling. Hey, look at that. I got some light on my face. Um, so there's not going to be any shortage of things to talk about. I mean, you got the pandemic, you got the whole all the election irregularities. The the overview of it is is that the Great Reset is an is an attempt of technoc of technocrats to uh, to take over the rest of us, and and that basically. The, uh, the whole thing is a counter-revolution that the American Revolution in 1776 was a historical anomaly where all of a sudden having a small group of people telling everybody else what to do went away. And the people who liked telling other people what to do didn't like that. 
So it's, uh, it's not a new world order. It's the old world order. And they're not technocrats. They're aristocrats. That's what's driving these people. Um, and uh, and I, I make a really compelling case for it. And then after I make, a, a, I think, a very good case for not only what they want and how they think, and then I go to the ox and the scorpion, you know, the USS scorpion and all the rest of these things that show that uh, while none of us know the answer, all of us know the answer, and all of us know the answer to a very high level of precision, astonishingly high level of precision. So the first one's about the technocracy ruled by a few, and then, and then it says these people think they should be running society because they're smarter than we are, but they're not. So uh, there we go. Uh, well, we should say, uh, Jemwood says we should use the left zone tactics against them, call it the don't say pedophile bill or the don't say groomer bill. Yes, this groomer thing, calling them groomers is really, really, really pissing them off. And, uh, and that's a sign you're over the target. Um, okay, so, uh, so firewall's on the way. I'm going to stay here tonight. I'm going to work on it. I don't know if I'll get it done. If I don't, I'll finish it tomorrow. But um, we, will, we will be seeing them next week. And with any luck at all, uh, we'll finally, finally, finally preview the animation next week. Okay, so um, uh, we were down in San Diego for the weekend. Natasha and I, her birthday uh, is on April 6th. Mine is on April 7th. That's the way it should be. You know, hers comes first. And... Uh, and that way, it's a build, you know, because if mine came first and then hers, it'd be kind of a disappointment, you know, it'd be kind of be going downhill. Um, so uh, uh, let me see if this is here. I will show you. I will show you this. I don't know if it's. Uh, anyway, we had ourselves a final time, and we went to um, we went to uh, the Fleet Planetarium because. Uh, I just remember I'd gone there when I was very young, and um, and uh, it had been a while. So um, we went into the Fleet Planetarium, and I walk in there. They've got huge dome, and it's it's raked like forty five degrees, which is really brilliant. In our dome, in our planetarium dome in Miami, you had to lean you know back and try and see the stars because the dome was level. Now they just crank the dome forward 45 degrees like this, and uh, and that means you don't have to lean back so far. So that was pretty handy. I think I have some stills of this somewhere. Where are they? Photos, photos, and photos. Hey, here we go. Yep. Uh, so um, here we are. Planetarium, folks got a planetarium eyes, I think is what I said. And anyway, I, so I walk into this thing, and um, and, the, and that's a level picture, by the way. It looks like we're leaning way backwards, like the like the, the dome is sinking, but actually it's uh, it's just the, uh, the the that rake. So I walk in, and the the fleet um, planetarium in San Diego. Back in my day. Uh, the fleet was famous because it was the first installation of the star projector that followed the magnificent uh, space transit planetarium, which is what we had in Miami. And the new version was called the STS, the Space Transit System. And instead of two hemispheres, it was just one hemisphere. It's enormous, huge, 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 huge uh, star sphere. And uh, it was really, really cool. And we went and saw it and stuff, and I said, oh, I haven't seen this in 40 years. 
So we walk into the, uh, into the fleet planetarium, and as we come around the corner, this is the first thing I see. I say, hmm, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that that is where the star projector uh, should be, was, and, uh, and isn't. So um, I went up and talked to the guys behind the console there, two guys and a, and a woman, and I said hi, and I said I worked in the Miami Planetarium on and off for 25 years, I guess, worked with Jack Horkheimer, and they're all looking like, ooh. There's nothing like, hey, Phil, this, I, I was hoping you'd be here. There's nothing like, um, nothing, nothing to make you feel your age on your birthday than talking about something that was just so common knowledge to everybody in your generation that even Mike Rowe opens his interview with me by it. But it's like, Jack Horkheimer's like, no idea. None. No idea. Okay. And they weren't very friendly. Anyway, we go in and we sit down. And, um, and uh, what order should I tell this? In? Okay. So we sit down. They got blue lights up. And then they take the lights down to black. And that's the first time you see the star field. And you see the kind of star field you see out way out in the boonies. And every time that happens, I think every time I ever did it, and, and it certainly happened that night, the second it goes all the way black, there's like a gasp. Like, oh, look at all that stuff. Amazing, amazing. And that was the last of the good times I had during the planetarium show. Uh, first of all, uh, the, uh, when I went up to the booth, I said, uh, I, what, wait, what happened to the STS? And all three of them said, the what now? said the the STS the space transit system the planetary oh no it's all it's all electronic now oh yeah it's real shiny got all kinds of shiny things on it I'm thinking yeah, I thought the STS was pretty shiny but let them let them let them do this so lights go down there's the star field it's just a, it's just a star lecture it's just here's what the stars look like tonight we used to do those it's boring as it can be I thought it was as boring as it could be then I went and saw the one to the fleet and I realized no I it actually get a lot more boring than that um and when the lights go down, I'm looking up at the star field, and the star field sucked. It sucked. It's just a giant TV screen now. The stars are blobs. They were just, they were practically, they were practically as bad as a Zeiss planetarium. That's how bad they were. They were just, but, but at least a Zeiss planetarium is bright. They were just dim, dim things. The moon was up there, and you could, is that the moon? It's so dim, I can't tell. It's just a giant TV screen. And, and our stars... And the Miami Planetarium were fabulous. And Phil Trick is watching this live, and he was the, the, the technician there, technical director, chief engineer, all whatever you want to add on top of that. And when, that, when we had new lamps in there, because they're arc lamps, and over time they'd build up little bits of accretion and the, and the image wouldn't get sharp, but when we put in new lamps into the star projector, those stars looked absolutely real. They were just points of light. The colors were perfect. Starfield was so much worse with this thing. So it was just ugly. It was just ugly to look at. Ugly. And then they did something where they, where they moved the stars around. And, and again, I said, we did a much better job than this because watching the, the TV screen, it's what, 10 frames a second maybe? And you're seeing like streak, 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 streak. Hideous. Horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. They did eventually do things like leave San Diego and fly out to the moon and then fly out of the galaxy. Now, if that had happened, if I'd seen that when I was you know, in 1979 or 78 or something like that, then I would have, then I would have lost my mind. But now, apparently they installed this fairly recently. It's like 
this it's it's just garbage compared to um, Space Engine or or um, Universe Sandbox. By the way, uh, I cannot recommend Space Engine highly enough. It's it's a it's available on Steam. Just Google it. It is. Uh, it's not really fair to call it an astronomical program because those are usually teaching astronomy. Space Engine shows you all of the planets, all of their orbits. You can go to all of the actual stars. They, they procedurally generate um, exoplanets. They, wherever there are real exoplanets, those real exoplanets are there. All the moons are there, every single one of them. And one of the things that's cool to do in Space Engine is if you turn on all of the orbits of the moons of Jupiter, if you, by the way, if you look up at, uh, up at Jupiter, it's basically a point of light, but if you could see all of the, um, all of the moons, all of the orbits, it'd be considerably bigger than the moon, it'd be practically the size of your fist. It's gigantic. So, Space Engine. Cannot recommend it highly enough. Um, and then, uh, uh, what the heck was I talking about? Uh, oh, and then, yeah, and, and, the, and the, the video was just, it was just garbage. Dave Big Boutet wants to say, what would have been better as an actual projector? The STS would have been better. The STS would have been better. And then you can project your little, you know. Look, a planetarium is not a TV show. It's not a movie house. It's, it's, a, it's a thing. And, and, and I'm really, um, I'm really, really disappointed that I think it's a thing that was just a 20th century, second, uh, yeah, second half of the 20th century thing. Um, uh, so, anyway, uh, I mean no, I mean no specific um, harm to the uh, Fleet Planetarium. I'm just talking about, talking about how the new days are not as good as the good old days. But boy, how do when that when that Miami Planetarium, that Space Transit Planetarium had new lamps in it, and and the lamps all varied too. They were just not only new ones, but there were some that were just much brighter than other ones. We used to we had, we were on such a budget there. Always, constantly, just constantly, we're reusing recording tape, and you know, it's just, just, just sad. It was sad how 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 cheap that was. Uh, what was the admission price? Edward Smith once, and I want to say it was around I don't know, might have been like nineteen dollars or eleven, something like that. Ours was two fifty or something. Um, but uh, everything was so cheap. But we used to we had a, a stock of lamps in there, especially with the old system. Uh, <laughs> and we would keep the best two lamps on the shelf. We wouldn't use them. Uh, they were like a they were like a master, you know, like a like a the, the audio tracks. We never you never play the master. You make a dub, you play the dub. When you run magnetic tape, it'll eventually just you know. And we were running tape so thin you could see you know you could read a newspaper through. <laughs> Can we please 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 make a new dub of this show? We've run this dub for. 5,000 different showings, and it's a great show. And now it's, you know, you know La Alenia sounds like... And then you'd put a new dub in there, and you'd hit that play button, and you'd hear the sound, and you oh, my God, that's amazing, especially when you turned on the quad. Uh, so anyway, um, I think uh, the, 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 uh, the, the, a planetarium is is not a movie theater, and this was a movie theater. And by the way, standing outside the, the planetarium, and you say, what's, what are they running? They're running movies. It's just an IMAX. It's, it's an IMAX theater. It's not a planetarium anymore. Um, but when you first, 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 uh, oh my god, Phil says budget was so tight that Doug Bildeshong and I, uh, Doug Gagan, Bildeshong and Phil Trick 
uh, bought the actual tape and donated it. Uh, the planetarium and the Museum of Science is supposed to be paying these guys, you see? That's how it's supposed to work. They work there full time and they're supposed to get paid by the people that they work for. And what they're doing is they're taking their meager salary and buying the things that we need uh, because they're professionals and they care and they put a lot of work into this stuff. We all did put a lot of work into this. And um, and it's just, it's just sad to see, it's sad to see them go, but that's, you know, that's the way it is. I'm sure people lamented the loss of uh, hoop skirts and, and, uh, and wooden wagon wheels, but nevertheless, that was the fleet, uh, the fleet experience. Um, Edward Smith says, $19 is not even a high-end movie theater anymore. Mind you, these guys sound like they have no respect for their customers. Uh, I, I thought they were. I, I thought they were kind of rude. And one other thing, and and this, I, I just have to be careful about this, not because of the person, but just because I don't want to. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a big. It's an an assumption. They showed some pictures at the beginning of you know the latest astronomical pictures. That was cool. And here's some pictures from the Hubble telescope, and and it was uh, their resident astronomer, a woman who was a, a astronomy professor at uh, San Diego State University or something. She's going on the Hubble Space Telescope, the Hubble Space Telescope, the Hubble, 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 Hubble. It was great. Hubble, Hubble, Hubble. Uh, and, and it was great. And then, and then she said, now we got some new images from the JWST. And she mentioned the JWST yeah, 15 times, 16 times. At the end of the show, somebody asked a question and said, um, when do you think we'll start seeing images from the James Webb uh, Space Telescope? She said, the, 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 uh, the JWST is online to do this, this. And I thought, maybe is this one of these people who feel like, you know, there was a, the, the super liberals protested the, the, the James Webb Space Telescope being named after James Webb on account of him being in charge of NASA and approved virtually all of these planetary missions that taught us so much. But no, 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 he's a white male, so we got to name it after something else. I don't know. Might have just been coincidence, but I remember when she was talking. Is she going to say James Webb? She never did. Like I say, this might just be me being oversensitive. Or it might not be. Uh, boy, they, she sure showed us. Uh, what, a, what a bunch of weenies. There was a day, there was a day when, when, when planetariums were run by steely-eyed missilemen, not these woke university freaks. Aha, Marusha Dark says the James Wood Telescope. I actually uh, saw James Wood uh, about a week, two weeks ago. And uh, there was a line of people. It was at the end of a very small event, very private event. And uh, everybody's going up to, to talk to Gary and thank him for everything he's done for us. And it's kind of a line, and I was talking. Uh, I was next or something, and James Wood just comes right in, starts talking to them. And as he passes me, he says, uh, he says, you're my hero. And I said, mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. yeah, you're doing well. It's kind of a nice feeling, honestly, because James, James Wood is... is uh, James Woods is, is a smart guy. He's like the only, he's one of the five actors or in, in Hollywood who have a above 100 IQ. You know, I mean, he's like a smart guy. And man, when you see him in, in person, you know, the first thing you see when you see James Woods is that guy not only looks like James Woods, but he sounds like James Woods and he acts like James Woods. Um... Anyway, he's, he's just a great guy. Great, great guy. I like him very much. All right, so um, 
Um, bitty, bitty. I was just going to go to questions, I think. I always say James Wood, too. It's Woods. 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 I play, I showed this last week. I'm going to show it again just because I like it so much. And I think if I got it, do I have it? I do. Somewhere. Hang on. Now I'm just showing off. But that's my favorite thing in the world to do. I just, I don't, I, I don't care. I just, I love this picture. This is one of the things that has made uh, my entire uh, career and life, in fact, worthwhile. Obviously, uh, meeting my wife was the biggest thing that ever happened to me. But things like this are things that, you know, keep me warm at night when I think, ah, you know, you missed the boat, pal. Uh, I ran this last week. I'm running it again because I like it. It's a picture of yours truly. And who's the mystery guest? Does anybody remember? Look at that picture. That's just a grand, grand photograph. He is the most wonderful man. And John Voigt has gotten pictures taken with more people than I've seen with my own eyeballs. But he doesn't, he doesn't do that with everybody. That's, uh, that's what I love about that picture. I just love it. I love the expression. He's such a great guy. Very proud. Uh, very, very proud. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, concurrently with the Stratosphere Lounge, uh, 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 Dictor Von Doomcock is doing his uh, Friday Night Folly show. And apparently he is singing, um, uh, he's swinging Sweet Caroline a cappella as Bill Clinton. I heard him sing, I heard him do John Wayne as, um, I forget what it was. Is he trying to murder you? The picture of, of John Voigt, uh, uh, G.J. Uh, Rupert wants to know. No, he's doing one of these. You kid, this, get there, look at this kid. Come here, come here, you kid, you. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go back to uh, BillWhittle.com because we had a bunch of really cool questions we didn't get to last week, and I said I'd get to them this week, and here it is this week. So now we're going to go, go look at those first. Look at the ones we did last week, and then I'll look at the ones we did this week, and then I will go to Facebook. Uh, and, um, come on. Let's see what this, uh, this guy has to say. Bill.com. They're a provider of cloud-based software. What else do you need to know? Allow me to log myself into my own site here. We have servers uh, that are, we don't talk about this much um, because uh, we don't like to brag, but our servers are actually based out in the asteroid belt. About, uh, about seven, eight, nine light seconds away. That's why it takes so long for the page to load. Uh, okay, yes, yes, I see, yes, goodbye, heads up, dismiss, goodbye. Uh, a fuchsia banner, Scott Hodge, is that work? Members, member forum. Funny thing happened on the way to the forum. I talked about that last week, I think. Stratosphere Lounge questions and more. Uh, we're going to look at the 331.22 questions, uh, and then we're going to look at the 0408.22 questions, and there you go. 
Well, we got, um, we got, uh, I got most of these, and I'm, I'm going to try to not go over things that I went over last time, but some of them were very good. Um, okay. Oh, there's uh, somebody saying that um, uh, on Tim Pool's live stream, uh, Jeremy mentioned me, gave me credit for helping him formulate the idea of building a new Hollywood and creating culture. Here's a video. Thank you. Uh, that boy's doing real well. All right, here we go. Um, this is from JR, new forumite. Topic. Hey, JR, by the way. Election integrity. Uh, I'm with you already. Hello, Bill. I never miss a video you post. Thank you for making us feel like we're not alone. And thank you for the same thing, not being flipped. Now, honestly, it's like there are days when I just wade into this stuff again and again, looking at it like, God almighty, bro. And then I, you know, then I, then I come here and I realize, no, no, not only are there, not only are there good people here, the best people are here. They're just smartest, best people I ever met. Uh, not you, Phil. Um, okay, so uh, election integrity. Hello, Bill. I never miss a video post. Thanks for making us feel like we're not alone. My question is, how can we be so confident that we will win back the majority in Congress this coming November if they can just pull a 2020 on us again? Excellent question. We all know they're going to cheat to some extent, so how can we be confident that the results will be accurate, or can we overcome the cheating if enough of us vote? Even if we did win back Congress at a razor's thin margin, how do we know our win wasn't much larger? I don't have much confidence in election integrity anymore, so every time we lose, I'm automatically just going to think it was rigged and the election results aren't real. I feel the same way. I understand we won in Virginia last November, but I just wonder how much larger of a win it really was without the shady mail-in ballots and cheating, yes. And uh, we did a right angle on Stacey Abrams, worth $3 million now, who um, who, who is going around the country speaking about um, about how Republicans are trying to take away black people's votes. Uh, as I've said a, a bunch of times, um, if you have to lie about your about your product, about your philosophy, about your parentage, about anything, if you have to lie about something, you're probably on the wrong side. And um, and what she's what she's complaining against is efforts to to simply make the election an actual fair election. And nobody on our team has the faintest idea of how to deal with this. Nobody on our team has the faintest idea. If I was if I was on the same stage as Stacey Abrams, I would have said, um, uh, Stacey, you don't mind calling Stacey. Um, these laws require voter ID in order to make sure that the only people who are voting are people who are legally able to vote. Why are you opposing laws that are simply there to make sure that the only people who are voting are people who are legally allowed to vote. Are you, because from the outside, it looks like you're doing your very best to make sure that people can cheat as much as possible. What do you have a problem with in terms of making an election about the people who can legally vote? What's wrong with that? And then let her, let her dig around church. Um, okay. Uh, Someone pointed out to me that the 2020 election was so blatant on such a massive scale that everyone is on high alert and hypervigilant this time around. I think that was me. And trying to pull this off again would be hard. Also, what are the chances of the new Omega COVID variant coming along just in time for the election? And en masse mail-in voting is once again used as a weapon. All of this is great. Also, part two of the question is, I live in New York State, and if uh, 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 you have my sympathies, I live in California. Both of us were just... We're, we're cattle and we're sh chattel at the same time. Chattel, 
uh, enacted a new law allowing non-citizens residing in New York City to vote in local elections. Just what I was talking about. There's a law saying, yes, if you want to vote in New York, by all means, just come vote. There are an estimatedly approximate, there are an estimated one million non-citizens living in the city. This ensures Republicans will never ever win an election ever again. They tell us it is only for local elections in New York City, but we all know down ballot races are on the same ballot as president and governor. Where are the Republicans on this? This is the question of the ages. Um, I haven't heard one legal challenge or complaint about this anywhere. Why aren't we protesting in the streets and working to make sure this does not happen. Sometimes I think the Republican Party is its own worst enemy. Thank you, Bill, and God bless uh, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you for the um, for the uh, the question, which which is the same question I ask myself pretty much every day. Um, so I just, as I mentioned earlier, just finished a, the first of a series of firewalls on the Great Reset, and I think something's going on out there. Some people don't. I do. And the reason I do is because of the evidence in that, that's, that's there. If there was no evidence, I wouldn't believe it. I, I think as far as the election integrity thing goes, I, th I have such respect for, for Daily Wire and there have been employees of mine and uh, employees, employers of mine, sorry, 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 um, and, and they will be again, I hope. But... So, so I don't mean any disrespect to Ben Shapiro, who's just brilliant and, and has changed, changed politics for the entire generation. But when we were watching the election results coming in uh, live, uh, I was there as a, on camera. I was a, a seat, you know, as a placeholder. So they put me on pretty late because you may remember that it took forever to um, get the results because why? Florida's a highly populous state, was it third, maybe, in the country, after California and New York? They got their election results out like that. Any irregularities? Nope. So we're waiting and waiting and waiting, and they call Arizona for um, Biden with 4% of the voting, something like that. That's when, that's when things went off the rails. And so when I finally got on camera with Ben and Jeremy and it might have been Mike Knowles, that other guy might have been there too, whatever his name is. Um, and that was the moment when Donald Trump went live and said, something's going on. Something's going on. There's, there's real um, funny business going on. And, and Ben said, he can't, how can he say that? He has, no, he has no proof of that, none. That's the most irresponsible thing to say ever. And Ben's right. On a, on a level, he's absolutely right. You're gonna make an accusation like that, you better have some evidence, but I'll just say to you what I said to him in real time. I said, Ben, the fact that five states have stopped counting is the evidence, that's the evidence, right? This has never happened before. And the five states that stopped counting are the critical five battleground states, they all just stopped counting? Just, that's, See, this is sometimes how you get away with uh, with these kind of things, you know. Um, the the big lie can sometimes be so big and so right in front of you that it's too big to see. It's too big to see. Um, he uh, he just kind of you know, I want to see some evidence to show me fingerprints and stuff. Well, it turns out we got that too, but but I've never heard a satisfactory explanation for this. 
I've heard them trying to explain away specific instances, and, and I've found their explanations to be so weak that that's an indication that, that the actual charges are true. If, if, if I accuse you of something and your response is, is so pathetic, where were you, you know, last night when you're, you know, when you're, well, I'm not going to say anything bad. Where were you last night when your television set was stolen? Uh, I was, uh, what do you want, why do you care? It's just a TV set. I was, uh, I was at a party with some friends. What party? Um, I don't remember. Uh, all right, well, who were the friends? I, I, I don't remember that either. When you hear that kind of thing, you got a pretty good indication that that person is lying. So, why did five battleground states stop counting? And why is it that when we went to bed, Trump was leading in those states, and when we woke up, he was losing in those states? When, a couple weeks before the election, the mainstream media put out, the, they put out, uh, uh, what am I want to call this? A, um, almost like a prophylactic announcement, something to protect themselves. And they said verbatim, if it turns out that it looks like Donald Trump is winning on election night, don't believe it because there's a lot of mail-in votes still to come. So they set us up to believe that Trump might win big on election night, but then the mail-in votes would continue to come in for days after the election. Why not, you know? So they would, they would begin to come in, right? And, and so they said, if it looks like Trump wins on election night, that doesn't mean he won. If just because he won on election, essentially is what, what they're saying. Just because he won on election night doesn't mean he won. We still have a lot of votes to count, and we'll keep counting until we get the result we want. Um, and so, and so they, they headed it off. So when people are saying, why you stop counting? And Trump was ahead on all this. Well, we expected him to be ahead because all the Republicans are voting on, on uh, election day and all of the Democrats voted by mail. And my response to that was, well, since they voted by mail and since the votes got in earlier, don't you think they would have been counted first? What are, they, what, what are you saying? Why would, what, what, that's, that's absurd. Well, they can just hold on to these votes and just open them up like a birthday present? No. And, and by the way, if it turns out that you, keep, that you keep allowing people to vote in for days afterwards, then, hey, that's grand, right? My guy wins? Fantastic. We want hooray. My guy loses? Well, how many more votes do we have to get in in the next three days so, so my guy can win? It's just, it's just, who's fighting for these rules? Who's fighting for mail-in voting? The Democrats. Who's, who's saying that any attempt to make an election... Uh, responsible and transparent is is taking votes away from people of color. Who said that's the Democrats saying? Yes, good point. Bart's treasures said. I remember hearing them saying we don't have the results from Georgia yet because the one of the largest districts uh, in uh, downtown Atlanta, heavily Democratic district, has um, has been uh, the votes have been delayed because of a burst water main. That was uh, I can never remember. All State Arena or State Farm Arena? I think it's State Farm Arena. Okay. Burst water main. Okay, great. Um, so that was the claim. It's a burst water main. And then we saw the video from inside that facility, and there was no burst water main. And there was no burst water main anywhere in the building. So that's a lie. And they told another lie right after it about why they stopped and stuff. And they did a 60 Minutes piece on it where they said, well, you know, uh, the, 
uh, you know, clearly State Farm thinks, no, no, you can clearly see this. this, We're not just pulling votes out from underneath the tablecloth. No, 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 no. This is where we store the votes. And you can see that we're sealing the votes in the presence of the observers. All this is all above board, right? And and, and the the guy says, oh, yeah, I guess that's a good point. And Donald Trump has a a, a credible disservice to this country by by calling this into question. It's very, very clear that all of this stuff has been sealed and so on under under the guise of observers and so on and so on and so on. Oh, well, I guess the problem solved then. And, and I said, well, if that's sealed under the guise of the observers, and then the observers go, and you're opening these things, which I've seen with my own eyes on camera, kind of defeats the point of it being sealed, right? But that's not the bigger issue. The bigger nobody nobody goes to the main nobody goes to the heart of the issue. Nobody. If I had been doing that interview, well, of course they never would have had me doing the interview. But Yes, I will do a firewall series on this. This is going to be one of the ones that I'm doing on the Great Reset because I think the stuff's all tied together. But the question to ask that guy who was a Georgia representative or whatever, the guy in charge of that facility, there's one, two, two questions to ask this guy. The first question is, who called and told you to stop counting? What's the name of the person who called you and told you to stop counting? Because you just told us that you were told to stop counting at nine or whatever, right? Who told you to stop counting? Who was it? I want to know the name. Somebody called you. You didn't make this decision on your own, did you? No? Okay. So you got a call from somebody higher up than you who said, we got to stop. We got to stop counting, right? Okay. That's your story. You're sticking to it. Great. Who was it? I want to know that person's name because I have some questions I want to ask them. No, never occurred to them. Even better question is, if you were told to stop counting, while there were observers in the place, and then you shoot all the observers out, you then say that you got another call to start counting again. You just told me about how how important it was to have observers there. We've already shut the thing down for the night as far as your story is concerned. So why did they start counting again in the middle of the night? If you shut down for the night, you shut down for the night. And who told you to start counting again? What's the name of that person? I want that person's name. Nope. Nope. So, you know, this is the thing, right? Uh, is, is sometimes the, 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 the ability to puncture these things is so simple. It makes me want to cry. I've told this many times, but I saw... It, I think it was Tom Brokaw. It might not have been, but I think it was. He's um, in the Arctic Ocean. He's on the beach of the Arctic Ocean, and he's got his, you know, his North Facer, you know, thing, and he's, you know, and he's very serious and solemn, and he's standing in front of the Arctic Ocean, and he gets, and he looks into the camera, and he says, um, the last time that the Arctic Ocean was liquid at this time of the year was 40 million years ago. Global warming is real. And uh, like, I'm sitting here with my mouth open. I'm okay, whose SUVs made it unfrozen 40 million years ago? If you had said that this has never happened, now you're on, now you're on solid ground. But when you come out and say that this exact same thing that you're seeing behind us now that we're causing, exact same thing happened 40 million years ago. Well, we weren't here 40 million years ago, so what caused it then? This kind of thing is so 
obvious to me, and, I, and, I, and again and again and again and again and again. And we saw the arcs and the spikes, right? The little spikes here. Yeah, here we go, right around 2 o'clock in the morning, and Trump's up here, and Biden's here, and then whoop, look, whoop, look, look, look at that. Ding! Now he's up ahead. You want to explain that to us? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, a, that was an input error. Really? Yep, somebody entered the wrong numbers. It's off by a factor of 10? Yep. So somebody was expecting a number in the neighborhood of 200,000, and they entered 2 million by accident, something like that. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Okay. It seem odd to you that somebody entered a number, the person who entered the number didn't think it was a little odd that they entered a number that was 10 times the, the total of the entire precinct? Nope, just made a mistake. And you're telling me that your entire integrity of your electoral system is predicated on one guy entering numbers and not making a mistake by hand. Uh-huh, yeah. But we corrected it. Don't worry. It was an error. We made a mistake. It was a typo, but we corrected it. When did you correct it? Oh, pretty much as soon as we discovered it. Well, if this thing here, if this little jump is an error because of an input error, shouldn't that go back down again when you correct out the error? Shouldn't we see a jump where the guy made a mistake and now Biden's up and then, oops, we made a mistake, poink, back down again. Isn't that what we should see? Uh, next question, please. GK Masterson, then why was it never fixed? Oh, it's fixed. It's fixed. Look, our response to this is really the issue, but from like a, if you just take two steps back, it's, it's exceedingly obvious what's going on in this country. What's going on in this country is that Democrats and far left policies cannot be elected in this country. Politicians who, 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 who openly say what they believe on the left are, are roundly defeated. And, and so the only way that they, can, that they can stay in power is to cheat. And that's why all of, all of their political um, positioning is pro-cheating. Republicans are trying to take away the votes of black people. How so? Show me where in the bill it says we're taking away the votes of black people. Show me. I want you to read it to me. You just made an accusation. Read the part of the bill that says that black people can't vote. Read it. Read it. This is the thing somebody needs to do with these people. Nobody does it. Nobody. Nobody does it. Nobody. Show me where. The don't say gay bill. Show me where the word gay appears in this bill. Show me. Read me the paragraph. No, it doesn't. Okay. All right. So now we know, and you know, and the people at home know that you're lying, and you're lying because you can't win unless you lie. Now, to the bigger question, which is what you started with, is it is it possible to recover it? I think that the 2022 election is going to be the most astonishing landslide in certainly in my life and maybe in American history. All the numbers are indicating that and certainly I don't look at the polls much. I just kind of get try to get a feel for things. I, I look at comment sections. What are people saying in the comment sections? What are they saying in the comment sections of the White House's Instagram feed? Right. And by the way, for the last month and a half now, five, six weeks have been completely spammed by Russians, completely spammed. There's no there's, you can't get an English comment in the White House's Instagram feed. Um, but. Obviously, 
there's going to be um, a, a major, major move. Now, this is my, this is what I believe, and I think this is, might be what you referenced in the question, uh, to be honest with you, JR. I think that the 2020 election was a, was a sneak attack. I think it was, if you put, was it November 3rd or 4th? I can't remember. November 4th, 2020, you put it down with 9-11 and December 7th, 1941. It was a sneak attack. And, and the reason I say it was a sneak attack was because when these people said, we're shutting down for the night, the Republicans said, what? They said, we're shutting down for the night. Everybody out of the building. So the Democrats leave and the Republicans leave. Okay, well, they shut down for the night, I guess. It's weird. I guess we'll, we'll be back when they open in the morning. We'll be here bright and early at 7. And we came in bright and early at 7. And look at the, the vote totals changed. By then it was over. It was a fait accompli. It had already happened. And then they just, they just plain ran out the clock. And the Supreme Court lost virtually all of its credibility with me by not taking this case. If there was ever a reason to have a Supreme Court, forget about whether there was ever a case meant for the Supreme Court, if there was ever a reason to have a Supreme Court in the first place, just, and the, the, just ever a reason to have it, it would be to resolve this issue, this kind of issue, a national level issue. And if it had turned out that they had gone in there and presented all of their evidence and the Supreme Court had said, we don't see anything here, I would be a lot less sure about this, but I'd still be sure about it because the, the evidence is just overwhelming. But they didn't. They punted. They just punted. Nah, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't see what we would have to say about that. No, nah, we're not going to get involved. Okay. All right. Um, so can we win again? Yes. And the reason I say we can win again is because you only get one sneak attack per war. I mean, knockout sneak attack, right? The Japanese sank the U.S. Pacific Fleet, the first fleet, they sank it because we were sleeping. And they ran those jets into the uh, World Trade Center because we were sleeping. And then they shut down the counting and then started it up again because we were sleeping. But we weren't sleeping after that. And I remember seeing one or two Republican poll watchers showing videos of all these irregularities. It's not going to be one or two poll watchers there now. It's going to be hundreds of poll watchers, hundreds. And if they try to do this again, if they try to shut the thing down again at nighttime or whatever, no, it's not going to happen. We're not going to, they're not going to be able to get away with it. Now, the, 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 the trick will be, I don't know. I, 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 know, the, I, I know this is out there. I personally would not be surprised. That may not be mathematically possible now that I think about it. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see veto-proof majorities in the House and the Senate. That's how upset I think people are. If we had veto, I'm just spe speculating now because it's a tough thing to get, very tough, virtually unheard of. But if we had veto-proof majorities, then the first and only thing we should do, I'd say forget the border. Border is important, but that's not as important as this. I would say we will enact laws to, to make the country, every state, go back to paper ballots that are submitted at polling places under the supervision of people from both parties on election day, period. No mail-in voting, no walking in. In fact, the situation is so grave, I am 100% convinced and 100% in favor of if I could run the 2024 election, it'd be nothing but paper ballots, nothing but. 
And when you voted, you would have to stick your finger in that same uh, purple ink that the Iraqis stuck their fingers in back in 2005 when they had their first election in forever to prove that there was no fraud going on. Who's going to be opposed to that? Who would be opposed to that? What's the problem? Mark people? Yeah, I want to mark them with ink because, because look, we all agree to follow the rules, right? That's, that's the illusion that we operate under. We know you don't believe that, but um, you have to say that you believe that because otherwise you're just advocating tyranny. And if you advocate tyranny, then that would require a response different than the one you would get from losing an election. So that's what I would like to see. And, and you know, we'll see. We'll see. If mail-in, if, 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 if an election has mail-in voting, then I, I consider that election to be fraudulent automatically. And by the way, by the way, I personally know of two people, personally know two people who voted in the recall election in California in person who were told that their vote didn't count because they'd already voted to keep Gavin Newsom in office. I know two people who that personally happened to. And, uh, and I think, um, I think that's, uh, that's saying something. You, you know, look for the big evidence. The big evidence is the evidence. The, the little evidence is, is great evidence too, but, but the big evidence is the evidence. And it keeps dribbling in, you know, we keep, oh, and by the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, I've said this many times because it needs to be said. One of my absolute political heroes is Trey Gowdy. Uh, watching him go after James Comey and watching him go after uh, Hillary Clinton just made me a lifelong fanboy. But I've said this many times, and I'm, I'm going to say it again because it's so important that people understand this. Trey Gowdy was talking about one of these people, and he said, I think it might have been on a TV interview. He said, I would rather have evidence of wrongdoing than a signed confession. Now, what? 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 He said, no, the, the evidence of wrongdoing, that's the queen of evidence. And I'm sitting there thinking, how can that be better than a signed confession? And he says, if you sign a confession, you could argue that you signed it under duress. You could argue that you didn't know what you were signing. You could argue uh, that you didn't know you'd broken the law in the first place. But if I can prove that you are covering up evidence of doing something, I can not only prove that you did something illegal, I can also prove that you knew it was illegal, and that's why you're covering it up. Um, so why is it that the state of Arizona does not have the records for the 2022 uh, for the 2020 election? Where are they? They've been deleted. I'm not making this up. They've been deleted. Yep. Why did you delete the records from the 2020 election? Uh, to free up hard space, uh, hard drive space, free up space on the hard drives. I'm not making this up. It sounds like I'm making it up. That's how bad things have gotten there. That the, the, the tragedy is now comical. Uh, yeah, yeah. We um, we did it because because our drives are running out of space. You know, um, we're talking about like just simple numbers, right? We're not saving pictures or videos here. We're just saving individual numbers. I'm sure. I'm sure that a, that a hundred megabyte hard drive, if they still make them could more than cover that. I know for a certain fact you could put all of the 
information during that election on any one of these thumb drives I got lying on my desk here that cost me $9 or something. And you deleted this information because, because you, you, your hard drives were full. Yep. I noticed that you didn't delete the information, that you still have the records on file for the, uh, for the 2018 election, the 2016 election, the 2014 election, the 2012 election. You've still got all that data. Why didn't you, if you're going to delete data, why didn't you delete the oldest data first? Because whatever repercussions there may have been, that's probably settled by now. I don't know. We just we just had deleted it. So anyway, that's what happened. And we just go along, get along. Okay, great. That's it. Ta-da. Boom. Um, so that's uh, it. Marush is right in the comment section. Says, All the evidence in the world doesn't matter if we don't have the will to act on it. It's the it's the will to act on it. It's the, it's the willingness to keep standing there when this hurricane of, of, of social media and press coverage and all the rest starts blowing you down. It's the, it's the will to stay there. And, uh, and, and, I, and Kavanaugh was one of the people who disappointed me very, very much on that. But nevertheless, when they started throwing the nastiest business I've ever seen in my entire life was what they did to, to, to Kavanaugh. And Kavanaugh could have just walked away from it. I'm sure I would have. He just said, no, I'm just going to stay here and take it. Because I'm going to stay here and take it until until we win, and that's that's exactly what you need. Yeah, Terenson says uh, Bill Barr told uh, Wolf Blitzer on CNN that mail-in voting was fraught with fraud in October of 2020. What happened, Attorney General Barr? Yeah, what happened, Attorney General Barr? What happened to all of these people? What happened to the to, to James Comey? What happened to them? What happened? Something happened. There's no question, right? There's no question that the FBI was complicit in the entire Russian collusion hoax. That Hillary Clinton and James Comey essentially got together over some nice warm glasses of hemlock or whatever the hell they, they drink and decided, okay, that's what we're going to do. There's no question about it, right? We got the emails, we got all of them. So why do we do anything? Nothing. Nothing is what we do. Um... So, um, I think this is going to be a big opportunity. And, you know, all of this mechanical stuff, by mechanical stuff, I mean, what can we practically do to ensure election integrity? All this stuff is critically important, but all of this stuff follows the moral argument. As long as they win the moral argument, then, then none of this stuff's going to happen. As long as they've managed to convince people that election integrity means white people taking away the votes of black people, then it's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. You got to win the moral fight first. You got to win the. You got to win the story first. You got to got to have a better story, a, a, a more accurate story, and a, and a more appealing story. And when I say story, I don't mean fiction. I mean you're going to tell people this is what we think, like I've been doing all night here. And um, yeah, yeah. And uh, Eric Blake says, uh, "Got to say, Bill, the IRS would crack down on you if you deleted your tax records for space, right?" Yeah, they sure enough would. Mobile says Romney, Murkowski, and Collins are liberal Republicans. They never surprise me. None of them will be reelected for what it's worth now. It's already, the damage done has been monumental, but then none of them are coming back. Um, so anyway, that, you know, the, the, if, if, we can, if we can fix it, we'll fix it. If we can't fix it, if it's too corrupt to fix, then 
then we'll just walk away. And what I mean by that is walk away. I mean, I, I, look, the country is too big. Uh, the government, rather, not the country, the government. The government is too big. $10 billion lost, rounding error, gone. $10,000 million, no idea where it went. That's too big. It's too big. It's a dinosaur. It can't move fast enough anymore. And so if the country ends up being a hundred different republics, then I'll move to, you know, Republic of Western North Carolina or whatever the case may be. Um, so, you know, there you go. And ultimately you get the government's base that, that, that you get the kind of government based on the kind of citizens you have. And the things I've heard lately from school teachers, including progressive school teachers, but I repeat myself, they're saying that these these students now they're not even they're not even they're not even failing. They're not even they're not even going to the trouble of failing. They're just not showing up. They don't answer. They don't look at you. They don't listen. They don't read. They just stare at the walls. And um, and that's that's poor teaching. I like that one, the Republic of Whittle. That would be excellent. I would rule. I would rule as a god, as a god. As, that's that's what I would be. I would be the god king. And then Jeremy and I would hurl lightning bolts at each other until finally only one god king remained. Uh, and that's a great point, too. Uh, I can never pronounce it. Leo, yes, sorry. I think he's such a regular AOC. Uh, SCOTUS is now an affirmative action and racist hire. It is. It's an affirmative action hire. Yep, absolutely. Um, okay, so look, you can look at this from an evolutionary point of view, right? I'm not going to get into the two letters, but I am saying if you raise kids who are well-educated and motivated, then they will be the ones who are doing the moving and the shaking. Just Let's just not, I keep coming back to this, you know, it's, what it feels like to me is that the, is that the heart of the country is the third stage of a Saturn V, that the heart of the country is not only fine, it's never been better, never been smarter, never been, never been kinder, never been more willing to, to go do what needs to be done, never been more competent, the, 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 the heart of the country 50 million Americans, maybe somewhere in that ballpark, 30, 50, something like that, are absolutely as good as it's ever been. And that's the third stage. And we are trying to drag this empty first stage all the way into orbit. That Saturn V first stage is enormous. It was in, the reason you stage a rocket is there comes a point when you are carrying more weight than it's worth. Goodbye. You just drop it in the ocean. And that's what it feels like to me. It feels to me like we got that the, the, the solution is just staging. The people who get it just need to have a good have a good trip back. Uh, but you know, people have they elected. Uh, the claim is that they elected uh, left wing woke politicians. And we're seeing what happens when you get uh, uh, a dotard, an imbecile, and an alcoholic running your country. And I'm talking to you, uh, Joe and Kamala and Nancy. 
anybody can look at it and see. But we just, you know, it's a great line and it's it's an old joke. But honestly, um, if the Democrats uh, ran unopposed, they'd lose. Uh, it's just it's just really 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 tough. Um, I somebody mentioned uh, Trump's appointments to the Supreme Court and so on. Um, I don't know. I think it's a fair. I think it's a fair question. I don't know if it's a fair criticism, but I think it's a fair question to ask. How Donald Trump, given the power that you have as the president of the United States, managed to keep so many of these corrupt swine, you know, he he appointed Barr, right? And uh, and he could have fired Comey. He had a conversation with him, and it looked like it would be bad politics if he fired Comey, but. We found out what happened when we didn't fire Comey. Uh, and, and then, you know, before you appoint uh, Anthony Fauci to be the guy who's the voice of COVID-19 for not only your country, but for the entire world, you might want to do a little looking into the guy's background. It seems to me that's what, that's what a president of the United States should be doing. You know, he's got the resources. Uh, and I don't know why uh, so many of those um, people survived it. I suspect that he was just as blindsided as the rest of us were. We, we all knew there was going to be some cheating. We just thought it would be, you know, a little bit of cheating. We didn't think it'd be a cheating machine that basically uh, dials itself up and down based on, you know, how many, uh, how many votes you get. Um, so, anyway, we're going to get to two whole questions today. I can feel it. All right. Uh, all right, here we go. Road Rider. Bill, personal question. I, uh, I, uh, I take the fifth. Uh, one, when do you expect to go under the knife for the worrisome cells on your lips? My wife just had the same thing, but on her lower back, about the same size as what you said you were facing. Is there anything we can do other than be patient while you heal? Increase participation in blogging, sharing your vids. Thank you. That's extremely nice of you, Road Rider. Let me have a look at this screen back again. So uh, where is it? Is it here? Yeah. It, it's, um, it's about the size of a dime. And, it, and, and sometimes it gets a little bit inflamed. It's not getting any bigger, at least not noticeably any bigger. I've actually, the, the, the honest truth to give you your answer is I've, I've postponed the surgery three times, which is not like me at all. I, I don't have any fear of surgery, and, and if I need something done, I'll just get it done. It's just that three times I have been absolutely required to be either be someplace or be on camera, and, and the, the, the last time I postponed it was probably five, six days ago. So now I think I'm scheduled for June 10th and uh, and uh, hell or high water. I'm, I'm not I'm not at all worried about the surgery. Um, I have seen uh, I did a I did shows when I had uh, the biopsy done. So there was a big big red scab like right there, and that went away pretty fast. But this thing's gonna make a you know they they basically just they they make a, a crater. They go around the most procedure consists of taking as little of the uh, of the naughty 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 cells out as possible but you got to still make sure you get them on um, so there's going to be a big freaking hole in my upper lip and I suspect it's going to be about the size of a nickel uh, so what I will probably do is um, depending on on uh, how I'm not at all worried about it hurting I got a pretty good pain threshold after all I've been through and um, so what I'll probably do is just keep doing the, uh, the, the, uh, the regular shows uh, with a Band-Aid on, 
because I don't want to scare the children. Um, and then once it starts to heal up enough so that it's, you know, scab or something, I'll either just go without makeup or maybe I'll put enough makeup on it so that, you know, people don't pass out. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, when somebody said you need a Mohs procedure, I looked up, I googled Mohs procedure. Uh, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't do that. Because I thought, nothing. These people, like, the entire inside of their sinuses visible and all that. I don't, I don't have any idea how bad it's going to be or how invasive it's going to be. I, I really just would like to get it over with. And, and it really bugged me having to, uh, to reschedule it the first time. The second time made me very angry. And the third time was practically apoplectic. It's like, I cannot believe I'm going to have to cancel this again. But I did. Um, so then the next question is, uh, if you're out for a long recovery, are you planning on just taking BillWhittle.com on a hi hiatus? Old Burbank saying, hey. Yeah, from, oh, is that from tonight's show? Or will Zoe or others fill in during your recovery? Uh, I have to tell you, uh, uh, Roadrunner, um, uh, meet me, by the way. Uh, I am not planning on, on missing anything. Uh, I, I am working on, I just recorded, as I said earlier in the show, just recorded uh, the first on a, on a series of firewalls about the Great Reset. And I have no doubt that I'll get the rest of those done before we get to those, so we'll have those out, and then I'll just be back to doing, you know, uh, moving back to America and stuff, and and um, and uh, trifectus. Unless I'm, you know, unless I'm not able to speak, and and it's not a high bar to clear uh, for me sometimes. Um, then I don't expect to miss any time at all. Honestly, I really don't. Unless you know, unless they have to staple my lip to my teeth or something like that, and that might be something I might have to sit out. But I'm not planning on going anywhere. I'm planning on being here. Um, bifecta, quadfecta, maybe more Scott interviews, Scott long form rambling on just one or two topics, or Steve long form babbling on whatever comes into his head, the return of zonation for two or three weeks, it'd be amazing. Take care rooting for you. See, these are, these are the people that make this job just so worthwhile. And, and, and these, honestly, seriously, I'm not joking about this. I know it sounds kind of, I don't know, uh, ephemeral, but it's comments like that, comments that I get from people, the kind of comments that my wife got on Facebook. This is the reason why I'm not working for Daily Wire As it, or, or somebody else. It's, it's, it's honestly the reason. It really is truly the reason. Um, we don't have anything like their budget. We're in a state of perpetual terror. Uh, that's what it feels like to me. But the people I work with, I just love. And, uh, and the people we do the work for are unbelievable. I don't, I certainly could have, at least I was told I could have uh, done and worked for the, for the big company. But then I would be, you know, I'd be the, just be, I'd be an employee and I'd be doing, I'd be doing, I just don't want to have any confusion about this whatsoever. The most fun I've had in my professional life was doing uh, Apollo 11, what we saw with Daily Wire. It was, it was the best time I ever had. When I walked in and saw the set, I just gasped. I could not believe that they'd gone to that trouble for me. And everybody on the crew was, was just fantastic, sharp. Everybody knew their job. The music was great. And, and even on uh, on the Cold War, but especially on what we saw on the Apollo 11 thing, I'd be, you know, I saw a rough cut and say, what the hell is that? That's a, that's footage of Apollo 4. Where did you find that? Oh, you just looked it up. I hadn't seen that before. 
that kind of thing. So they're the best. They're the best. The best people. It's the best organization. They're, I love everything about them. But there's a um, there's a connection, you know, and it's just a small audience. I mean, got a pretty small membership base. Uh, and I'm hoping to enlarge it with the animation. I'm hoping I can appeal to people who either aren't members now or and or um, uh, have people who either are members or have supported us in the past um, see the value of this. Uh, there's a chart. Actually, you know what? This is worth showing you guys. It really is, if I can find it. Uh, give me just one second here. Uh, this would be this would be worth the trouble. Uh, oh, excuse me while I um, while I uh, deface myself with my uh, reading spectacles, which I think actually look pretty cool. To be honest, I look much smarter now. Problem is, you can see what's on the screen, so that's kind of dangerous. Uh, let me find this thing if I can, because this this is just why I'm this is why I'm hanging on to this thing and just riding this. The, I'm riding this baby all the way into the desert here. Um, where would that be? That would be under... Yes. Good. 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 Um, hang on now. We're almost there. We're almost there. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm feeling the vibe. I'm close, 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 close. Uh, to where I want to be. It's worthwhile. Come on. I did a lot of work on this. Here we go. So I've got all the graphics here. So I took a look at um, the top five conservative uh, websites at the time. This was two, three years ago. Two years ago. Three years ago. I looked at uh, Turning Point, BillWhittle.com, Daily Wire, uh, Ben Shapiro is separate from Daily Wire back then, uh, Prager and Crowder. And then I looked at the five, not the top gaming sites, because that would include PewDiePie, and he's got 200 million subscribers or something like that. But I looked at, the, I looked at five conservative commentators, and I looked at five gaming channels, right? Not, not out-of-the-park top channels, just five established gaming channels. Uh, and here is uh, the data that... Uh, I was able to uh, get. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Have a look at this, why don't you? Okay, so these are the views. I'm sorry, uh, the subscribers. The stuff in orange is uh, conservative commentary. The stuff in in purple or pink is uh, culture-related, game-related, computer graphics-related you know, Doomcock kind of thing. Now, the, again, these charts are three years old, but you can see that uh, that that's where the audience is, and that's where the audience would be, even if it was just a question of the raw audience numbers. But what's much more important than that is we're putting all our effort into the orange bars, and we're talking to an audience that already gets it and is getting older. The pink bars are people who are who are capable of getting it, no one's going after them, and they're all young. I almost said they're getting younger. Uh, here, there's another one for you. Fun facts to know and tell. I just took a screen grab of the pages and I totaled up 
the total number of views. Shroud is a guy who plays a number of games. He just streams his games. This is his YouTube channel, and this is TPUSA. And on the first 20 videos on TPUSA, there were 1.4 million views. The first uh, 20 channels on Shroud, there were 66 million views. And I'm still looking for the ones. There it is. Uh, do I have one that's... Um, I think I've got one that's bigger than this, but I'm, I don't know where it is, so I'm going to use this one. Take a look at this. This tells all the story. So, uh, folks, here's, here's the sad truth, right? All of the efforts that we do, all of the efforts of Mark Levin and Glenn Beck and me and Daily Wire, Steve Crowder, all of the efforts of everybody, everybody, everybody is going into that orange slice and no one's touching the purple. No one, no one is touching the purple. And I'm going after the purple. That's what I'm doing. I'm going after the purple. And, and those animations I showed are the language that young people speak. And um, it's the visual language. It's, 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 it holds their attention. And that's the case right there. You just saw it. That's the entire case. So um, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that's why I'm not in Nashville at the moment. May end up being in Nashville. You never know. Uh, it's, it's touch and go around here. Um, anyway, uh, Road Rider, thank you very much for those very, very kind comments. And, and I can't tell you how much it means to me. Thank you. Um, moving on. Uh, Jim Duval. Spelled a little different. Duval. And anyway, new forumite. Hi, Jim. Did me making fun of your last name. It's very interesting. Uh, here's a quick question. The Navy's being very quiet about the F-35 that crashed into the deck of the aircraft carrier. Experienced pilot had been vaxxed a few days before. What are your thoughts? Uh, I heard a report. That's all we got to go on. I heard a report that when the guy was coming in to land the F-35, he had developed a very sudden chest pain similar to what we'd seen in a bunch of soccer stars and other young athletes. The report I'd heard said that it was incapacitating chest pain. Uh, again, the report I heard was that the pilot in question immediately said it's the Victrola. Uh, is it? I don't know. That's the kind of thing that I don't have enough information to, um, to go to. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to stand on that data because uh, I don't have any evidence. And the evidence that I do have is extremely hearsay and extremely vague. If I'd heard the pilot himself say that, if the pilot himself had said a sudden insight, a sudden onset, rather, of, of, of violent chest pains, I've never had them before in my life, then I'd be more willing to... to look at that one and, and maybe, you know, repeat it, but I, I don't have that. And it certainly is being kept kind of quiet. Now, you would expect that too, of course, if you have, you know, you don't want to tell people, oh, I think the problem is, you know, the, the reason the plane went into the water is because of the built-in weakness of the F-35 that we didn't even know was there. You see, what happens is if you, you, you don't want to do that. Um, but uh, that's what I, that's what I'd heard. Um, from what I know of the accident, there were no mechanical failures. And one thing I can tell you is 
if you are a Navy pilot and you're flying an F-35 at this stage in the F-35 deployment, while they're still pretty special, then you're not going to put, you know, brand new nugget into an F-35. I don't think. Maybe. I don't think. So it's just another little data point. And if you try to put the whole argument on that data point, you look like a jackass. But when you put all these points together, it starts getting to be too much smoke. Um, so uh, anyway, that's uh, hope we like to find more about that, Jim. Uh, Judy Sheik's new form ID. Hi, Judy. Do you think the latest LGBTQ, RSTUV, whatever assault on Florida will help fuel a massive red wave in November? I do. We talked about this earlier before I got a chance to see your, uh, your question. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, I think, look, everybody, every layer of society is pretty upset, right? The, the, the cost of, you know, I live in California. But to, to fill up my Camaro for a trip to San Diego and back, which used up two-thirds of the tank, that was $106. $6.35 a gallon, something like that. There was significant, if not most of my life, I was buying gasoline by the, by the amount of money I had in my pocket, $5 at a time, $2 at a time, that kind of thing. Nowadays, if I tried to do that, uh, I'd barely get back to the gas station. Um, so uh, so those people are upset. Even, the, even the, the limousine liberals are upset because one of theirs was killed, right? I've, I should, really shouldn't get her name. Uh, I don't mean any disrespect for her, but there was a prominent Beverly Hills, you know, uh, uh, Brentwood kind of uh, socialite who um, had, a, had a, I don't know if it was a homeless guy or criminal, followed her into her house, murdered her, her in her bedroom, and when that happened, all the rest of those uh, toffee-nosed sons of bitches out there suddenly got religion when it comes time to enforcing the law. All of this, oh, no, no, we got to defund the police. Uh, well, maybe we could defund the police, but let's let's actually raise the the number of police here, in, here you know, Brentwood, where I live. So all across the board, I just think everybody's just sick of it, just sick of it. I think that if you are the parent of a, of a girl who's in, who's in athletics, how you can vote for a Democrat, I, I just don't know. I just, I just don't know. I really don't get it. Um, so I think it's going to be huge. I really do. I think it's, and, and by the way, if it is huge, you can pretty much count on it being much huger than, uh, than what we saw. So we'll see. Uh, hey, look at this. Uh, Dindy D. That is the most beautiful name. Is a picture of a hibiscus. Dindy. I've never ever heard of a dindy before. Hi, Dindy. It certainly is the first time I've seen the, the question from Dindy. Active forumite. Dindy D. That's beautiful. Hi, Bill. Just wondering if you had any thoughts on or plans to approach the Daily Wire with some ideas for making content on their platform. I think you'd be a wonderful addition offering content on one of your main areas of expertise, something other than in, uh, the order of a history channel. I know the quality of your work and produce some of it. I'm surprised they haven't approached you. They actually have. Uh, they um, they wanted an, another set of America's Forgotten Heroes. Uh, and I had pitched an idea about doing conspiracy theories and debunking them, but I told them I don't want to do that anymore because everybody I know on our team believes in at least one of these things. I don't need, I don't need to do that to my membership base. I just... Uh, 
So, um, I, uh, I tell you what I did pitch. I did pitch the idea of doing some of these stories that we did in America's Forgotten Heroes and doing them as dramatic features, not as documentaries. And the one I started with, I said, let's, let's talk about Frank Luke. Let's, let's, let's write a movie about Frank Luke. And the title card at the beginning says, what you're about to see is not based on a true story. It is a true story. It is true to the ability of the producers uh, to get the facts straight. What you are about to see actually happened just like this. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, there we go. Uh, Lord Sank says, I came in late. Did I miss an update on the Doomcock episode? Yes, I got an email from Doomcock saying that uh, he's been working on it. It's an hour and a half. And apparently somebody said in the comment sections earlier that he's actually announced it. So, yes, it's a coming. And, uh, you know, it's going to be great. I can't wait to see it. Uh, so anyway, uh, did he, uh, that's one thing I'd like to be doing with him. Um, uh, right now, I, am, I just want to get this, this animation out the door, and it's either going to succeed or fail. And if, it, and if it fails, then, you know, Nashville, here we come. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. But, um, yeah, a movie made about the Cajun Navy, all of this stuff. The, the, the story of Frank Luke and the story of John Paul Jones and the story of Ernest Evans and Tappy Three and the story of Jimmy Doolittle and the Doolittle Raid, uh, all of these things are so epic. They're just so monumentally epic. And the only one I've ever seen touched was uh, the Doolittle Raid. And it was, it's been touched by people like Michael Bay, you know? I mean, it, it was in like Pearl Harbor or they, they, this Midway movie that came out a couple years ago. It was just awful, awful, awful 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 movie um and so they got a scene you know how bad was this movie well i'll tell you how bad it was uh when they're when they're uh in the battle of midway when they're dive bombing on the japanese carriers one of these guys has his uh has his dive bomber let's go the bomb the bomb hits the carrier and he pulls out you know how how low he is he pulls out he's low enough that his propeller chops up the water and then he flies away water and propellers don't work that way neither does mass uh work that way you put your propeller into the water, that plane's going over. Because the water is heavier and thicker than the air, as you see. And if any part of that plane is in the water, then that's the part that's going to stop. And it was, just a, it was just embarrassingly bad. Awful. But if you were to... See, this is the thing. This is the thing. This is why these people are so bloody lazy. They're so lazy. The true story is so much more interesting than, 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 than the stuff that they throw in there, you know? I remember when that Pearl Harbor movie came out, and it's like, oh, oh, these guys used to be members of the Eagle Squadron. Really? Yeah, yeah, we got to get some other fighting in. Pearl Harbor happens too late in the movie, so we got to have them in Spitfires fight, fighting Germans. And get, okay, you know, honestly, seriously, just stop. Stop it. Stop it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, oh, there's that. Uh, let's see. Well, it looks like Bill's going to have to probably do a second show again or something because we're, we're going to get through these, but we're not going to get through anything else. And, and I know that makes everybody unhappy. And, and I'm genuinely sorry, but I've been drinking water like a fiend uh, when I was doing the, um, uh, the uh, firewall. And i got to get on that baby and get that son of a gun cut. Uh, so we will definitely finish last week's BillWhittle.com things. Um, Scott Adams, new forumite, uh, and he's replying to at Lumley87Live. I am not Bill, but I used to be an active duty army pilot. I can tell you that the system, oh, I think it's a specific question. 
system uses both the infrared and ultraviolet light spectrum. Uh, it must be talking about the hairdryer that I use. Um, to target an aircraft, but it must first be in a visual field to get a lock. The combination of the okay, so this is a technical answer to somebody to ask a question about something locking on. But when I hear somebody say, "I used to be an active duty pilot," and they've got a helicopter in their um, in their avatar, I cannot quite make it out because of my vision. It certainly looks like it might be a Huey, but the actually the rotors are a little. High. I don't know if 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 I'm if I'm lucky, it's a cool. Uh, anyway, it's a helicopter. Um, so, uh, yeah, anyway, if, if that had been a question, uh, Scott, I would have been happy to take it, and, um, and thank you for being here, and, and I don't want to go with the whole corny thank you for your service, but I'll just say, dude, if you ever needed a, you know, a weapons officer, I'll, I'm more than happy to go for the ride, really. I mean, for real, because attack helicopters are just the bomb. They're just cool. Um, all right, uh, three to go. Justin Witsit. Hello, Justin. Bill, my wife just broke my BillWhittle.com mug. Divorce papers are being drawn up now. Justin, um, hold on. I can't be responsible for that. Hang, hang on. I can't, I can't carry this on my shoulders for the rest of my life. I just can't do it. It's more than a man can take. Here's your damn coffee mug. I don't know if this was the one that you uh, broke. This was kind of a limited edition. I did one year when I did the banners, kind of like kind of groovy. I was into the whole kind of art thing and the black and white thing. It is, however, um, a uh, an actual authentic um, Bill. Will oh, it's actually a common the Common Sense Resistance version year to Common Sense Resistance year two. BillWhittle.com collector's item. It's on its way. Um, if you uh, if you get this answer. Um, then, uh, Justin, if you can write to info at BillWhittle.com and explain to the lovely Shelly uh, or the equally lovely Scott that um, you broke your mug, or your wife broke your mug, uh, and, and I'm, and I'm going to send you a free one on the house uh, because I don't want to be called a home wrecker. I've been called everything else, and that's not a, that's not a title I want, you know. So um, there we go. Oh, there's more than three. There's a page two. Oh, good. Uh, this is the question I almost got to last week. I read it last week because it's such a good question. Um, from Henry Lumley, who's done so much to uh, keep our forums uh, going. It's just an incredible amount of work that he's done. Very, very grateful for it. Hey, Bill, I think the content format for Right Angle is dated at least back to the PJ Media days. And that's an interesting point, by the way, because one of the things I'm seeing here, obviously we're, the content is suppressed, no question about that, but, you know, times change. The, 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 the reason I'm so stuck on this animation thing is because what I'm seeing now, I'll get to the rest of it, but what I'm seeing now is that the people who are doing well out there, are, are most of them have a gimmick. And a gimmick doesn't mean it's cheap, it just means it's a, it's a kind of a hook. Uh, future of rule of earth for example just the fact that he that that a guy of, of Doomcock's monumental power and, and 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 the extent of his influence just the fact that a guy like that would take time off from the center of the earth to do movie reviews and stuff is just amazing to me 
um, uh, critical drinker. I mean, that guy, for a, for a Scottish alcoholic, puts out a lot of videos. And, and you know, it's pretty impressive. And, and Nerdrotic, same thing, right? So, so um, yes, the times they are changing. And I am feeling more and more strongly, again, we come back to the animation thing, that if, look, regardless of whether uh, somebody's tweaking dials uh, on the viewership or not, regardless of that, the internet changes, things change. And what worked, I'd like to say 10 years ago, but we're really saying 14 years ago, 15, 14, 13 years ago, it's not, it's not where it used to be in the sweet spot. So um, we'll see. Billy, you should speak to Ethan Van Scriber. I don't know who Ethan Van Scriber is, but boy, if there's ever a guy who I wanted to speak to, then a guy named Ethan Van Scriber is high on my list. That's a pretty cool name. Um, if you, uh, well, I'll keep an eye on that, but I don't know if I'll be able to get to it. So anyway, back we go to Henry, who's going to get every word read because he's just incredible. I think the content format for Right Angle is dated at least back to the PJ Media days and thus not getting the traction it could be getting on YouTube or Rumble. Most channels have gone to daily live streams like Crowder, Daily Wire, Tim Pool, Lotus Eaters. Or to live streams multiple times a week. Doomcock, Critical Drinker, Nerdrotic. Man, this Henry's on the ball. Currently, you guys record on Tuesdays, so all of your right angle content is nearly a week old when the video goes live on YouTube or Rumble. Exactly. With our crazy fast news cycle, most of the audience has already moved on from those news stories. I think back to the days of Bill Whittle now and that immediate daily take on the news, I think works better. I think works better with the current algorithm. I suggest that you and the crew experiment with a few more ideas with the channel. Maybe try the evening live stream with the three of you discussing the news maybe two nights a week. I think you know that the less produced and less edited content is considered more authentic. I'm happy with all the content. I'm just suggesting this is a way to try and boost the reach of this content. That is an excellent idea. Um, that's an excellent suggestion, Henry, and I'll bring it up with Stephen Scott. One of the one of the issues, of course, is we got three schedules. So coordinating two schedules is tough, and doing three is tough cute. Um, but uh, yes, the, the live stream thing is is really uh, is is something that is really 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 knocking on my door hard. Uh, and whether I can get Scott and Steve to do all of them. Uh, that seems to be where the where the um, that seems to be where the action is. Uh, once I get this stuff out the door, I'm going to experiment. I'm not saying I'm going to do this. I'm not just throwing stuff against the wall. See what see what sticks. Um, it's it it's certainly it is certainly possible. I've seen it done. Certainly possible uh, and relatively simple to to live stream. Uh, facial motion capture and have it come out of Unreal Engine and that goes out live. So, you, you know, I've, I've, I've thought about um, Lady Hawk says she likes watching the backstage shows. Madam, I would like uh, to get your, um, your uh, name and address so, so that I can send you a card. I think you're the only person out there who enjoys watching the backstage shows and I'm including the hosts. Um, but uh, one of the things, I've, and I've had a bunch of ideas, but one, one that just kind of I don't know, it just keep, keeps buzzing around my head, is um, if I were to do like a live Unreal thing, I kind of think I'd like to do something called the, the Last Man on the Moon. I kind of like the idea, I can't put my finger on it yet, but having a CG character in a space helmet who was sent up to the moon and was, you know, secret mission and they had completely, you know, um, 
uh, what's the word of the of the decade? Um, oh, come on, sustainable, uh, completely sustainable uh, thing. And and so I'm just like talking about what I'm seeing here from the moon. And maybe I got to the moon in 19 you know 67, and so I could compare it to like traditional American values, that kind of thing. Uh, on the other hand, maybe that'd be a little a uh, little too flip for this kind of thing, but. I couldn't agree with you more about the format changes. I couldn't agree with you more about the format um, being dated and also the fact that, as you say, we record once a week. So um, uh, that's that. Now, um, something going on here. Uh, I don't know if it's about me. We, but we love all of the backstage shows, and we wish that was your format. Well, that's something we could do. In fact, uh, one thing that we did for a while was um, we did questions. Scott hosted it, and he and he organized it. Um, but you know, doing a live stream. We when I say live questions, it wasn't stratosphere live. It was a Zoom call, a big Zoom call uh, with members, and that was that was kind of fun too. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe the answer is three times a week we do a we do a backstage show you know uh, that kind of thing just talk about the just get all of the all of the artifice out of it just have the three of us just chatting like we do on the on the backstage show um, yeah John Pershing says a precise format's not as critical as time sensitive getting that out fast yes that's great and Plumarian keeps saying uh, Plum, Plumartian sorry says hot mic I did a show on NRA TV called uh, Hot Mike, Bill Little's Hot Mike. And for those of you that didn't see that magnificent piece of work, it was on for three months. And uh, the name of the show was Hot Mike. And I think on the first show, I just said, uh, hey, everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Bill Little. Hot Mike can't be here tonight. He's got a photo shoot in Brentwood. And I liked that so much that I did a Hot Mike joke every day. That's, what was it? I don't know. It's a bunch of hot mic jokes. And and it's intimidating. And I usually come up with them about 30 seconds before we roll. Uh, it, you know, it's, I used to have to do this for Kaiser Permanente. When I was writing comedy for Kaiser Permanente, I was writing comedy for Kaiser Permanente. I was writing bios of the people who were winning awards, and, and I did 5,000 of them, and 4,950 of those people were pretty much exactly the same person. All good people, great people, but it was tough. Um, Henry, I'm going to give that serious thought. I really am. Um, hey, here we go. A Yaoyai AOC. Forgive me. Uh, raising kids. What should our young ladies learn from Father's Day's father-daughter dances? Are they going to be ladies, or will they let boys treat them like tramps? Wow. Steve Young. I can remember Steve Young a lot. I can pronounce it better anyway. Uh... Steve, that's a great point. You know, I haven't, um, I have not, uh, I have not thought about father-daughter dances. Uh, but just thinking about them just makes me feel good, you know. Uh, they're, it's such an important, it's such an important relationship. And, um, and there's something just really tender about that, you know, something just really, really pure about that and something good and, 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 and something that young women need to get before they get out where they're not so many good people. Um, because uh, 
because they got to have something to measure it by, right? I mean, if their first experience at a dance or, or something like that is, is with their father, then, then they, they, you know, they got something to measure it by. A lot of people just head out there and they, their home life is, to be perfectly honest with you, most, it seems like, I don't know what this true mathematically, I'm pretty sure it is, most Americans don't have dads. They just don't. Boys or girls don't have dads. They have, they have people they see occasionally. Um, and uh, and it's hurting. And, and I've spent a lot of time, a lot of time, talking and thinking about how it's hurting the boys because being a boy, it's something I've had a little more experience with. Although I may decide to change. Uh, I may decide to identify uh, as a girl. And, um, and, and that would mean I am a girl. Or woman, or female, or, or a birthing person, whatever the case may be. If I decide that I want to be that, that's what I am. That's how things work today. It's really amazing. It's just so convenient. Rather than having to work or anything, you just. And 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 I wish I'd known about this back when I was, um, you know, in my between my junior and senior year in high school. Because then, when I'd gone to the Air Force Academy, uh, I would have gone to the Air Force Academy when I went for the physical to get in. And they said your vision in your right eye is uh, twenty uh, fifteen. That's good. Left eye is twenty twenty five. No piloting for you. I could have said, no, you don't understand. I identify as a pilot. I I am a, I am a fighter pilot. And, and that's my identity. And, and who are you to deprive me of my, um, you know, of my identity? It's kind of racist, don't you think? Change the standards. If I don't make the standards, then lower them. What's so hard? Page two. And now, you know the rest of the story. One, two, three, four, four. Okay, I can do four more. Bart Hennen. Hey, Bart. Uh, good to see you. Beautiful smile there. Nice smiling face there. Here we go. Okay, silly question that may not be so silly. Uh -huh, the plot thickens. Or that's what the Germans would have us believe. Uh, ever considered that Biden is possibly faking his dementia to avoid prosecution when all the Hunter Biden stuff finally comes out? Unfit to be tried, much like the character Junior, Tony Soprano's uncle on The Sopranos. Fake dementia to avoid criminal prosecution. I realize the latter is a fictional TV show and that Biden's unlikely to be faking, but wouldn't that be the cat's meow if it was? And for saying the cat's meow, you win the award for the night, and the award is ding. Congratulations, you get the gold star for the evening. Um, and, and that's what keeps him out of prison. Uh, the reason I don't think he's faking, uh, Bart, is because I don't think there are, I don't think anybody is that good an actor. I don't think, I don't think Joaquin Phoenix, and I don't think, um, Oh my gosh, what is his name? That's the tip of my tongue. I see his face perfectly. I'm losing it fast. This is embarrassing. Excuse me one second. Can it, how can I not? Daniel Day-Lewis, idiot. Yes, I don't think Daniel Day-Lewis could, could play uh, that, that level of... Um, of uh, he's, he, I mean, if he's acting, he's got it pitch perfect. I mean, he's just pitch perfect. Now, here's what could be. Here's what could be. It could be that Joe Biden is, in fact, an extraordinarily good method actor, and he never breaks character, meaning 
that he's so brilliant that he is not only acting demented, but is in fact demented. He, he will not break character under any circumstances. He will not. So um, that's a possibility. Uh, you know, it's like, I know where that question's coming from, and obviously I know it's kind of flipped too, but really where it's coming from is, is a fundamental di disbelief that things could be this bad. It's just a fundamental disbelief that this is real, that this is the president of the United States, the guy who, you know, uh, my wife is, is doing a terrific job, just like Michelle Obama did back when she was vice president. And that would be, I'm ready to give people the benefit of the doubt, but there's an awful lot of doubts there. And But, but the reason that one is so particularly um, telling is because Michelle Obama wasn't vice president. That's the shallow part. The deep part is you were the vice president, Joe. You were Barack Obama's vice president. So identifying somebody else as Barack Obama's vice president is pretty, you know, pretty rough. My advice to, to Joe would be, you know, would be, would be just, you know, don't go full retard. Never go full retard. Full retard. Uh, uh, what's that character's name? Lincoln? Lance? Uh, that performance by Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder is one for the ages. It's just, it's one for the ages. I'm a dude playing another dude who says he's a dude. Uh, yeah, uh, is it, is it Osiris? It's a something Osiris. Anyway, Robert Downey Jr. in, in Tropic Thunder is, is just off the, off the charts. Hilarious. Uh, all right, let's see what we got here. Um, uh, Gemwold says, uh, hey, Bill, I think you need to redesign the Oathbreaker's character model. Keep the armor that you have, but when the character comes out of the darkness towards our valiant heroes, pan the camera around so that you can see the character from behind and show that the armor suit is open to the back. And we covered this last week. Yes, that's an excellent suggestion. I am going to make the suit of armor for the Oathbreaker character, who's basically James Comey, I'm going to make that armor suit hollow. I'm going to make the person underneath transparent, and we're going to be fighting this thing. And finally, when when he's defeated, they pull off the helmet. And you, there's nothing there. It's just it's just it's just the shell of respectability and shininess. And he looks like a white knight in shining armor, and that's the entire point. Excellent suggestion. Quick answer, which is good. Uh, hey, here we go with Marusha. Um, hey, Bill and Nasha, happy birthday to you both. Cody MacArthur Fett also says happy birthday, but regrets he could not be here tonight, just passing along. Thank you, uh, Marusha. Thank you, Cody MacArthur Fett. Very, very kind of you. Not sure if you got to this in a previous stream, but here's an idea I'm sure you'll enjoy. As a form of protest, I've been advocating that we should play Time Passages by Al Stewart <laughs> at all of Kamala Harris's public appearances. Great song. It'll drive him absolutely insane. It's completely wholesome. And I have no idea why we're playing it now. That, now that, that is guerrilla genius. That's guerrilla, guerrilla genius. This is exactly, precisely the kind of thing we should be doing nonstop. This is how you win. Honest to God, this is how you win. It's more important than, than control of the Senate, in my opinion, that kind of thing. It's this kind of thing that changes the culture, changes the story, and politics is downstream of culture. This would go right after them. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Just just have somebody go to every single event and just have it play. You know, not even offensively loud. Not like you're even trying to drown her out with it. In fact, that's important. You're not trying to drown her out. You're trying to provide a background check. 
And you could even do it. You could even do like a karaoke version. Uh, you know, just the instrumental track. Fabulous. Yes. Uh, Plu Martian says that is a Sabo move. It is Sabo. Sabbat. Yes. It's Sabo, because he based it on a Sabbat round from because he was a tanker. If you didn't know that. Uh, so there's that. Hey, look at that. It's the end, and it's the end of the end. My goodness. Um, all right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go uh, get to work on, on this uh, 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 firewall thing. I forgot what they were called now. I have some clips to pull, so it doesn't look like it's going to get done tonight, but I will at least get it edited and started. And it's going to be a long one, but I cover a lot of ground in it, and I, and I really do make, um, I do make a, I think, a pretty good point about and the point is this, these smart people in this technocracy are convinced that they should be able to rule over us because they're convinced they're better we, than we are. This is exactly what aristocrats believe, uh, that they're better than we are, so they have the right to rule over us. And that's what these, that's what these technocrats think. But no, they're not smarter than us. They may be smarter than any one of us, that's debatable, but they are certainly not smarter than all of us. And they're too stupid to know it. So, uh, thank you, Edward. That's a uh, lovely thing to say. And uh, and thanks to all of you guys. Um, and hey, look at that. Uh, <laughs> this is another. This is what my life is like. The the faster I run, the further behind I get. Now I've completed all of last week's questions. I didn't even touch this week's questions. Next week I'll get to these week's questions, but I probably won't get to all of them. So the week after that I'll get to the end of this week's questions, two weeks later, and, and that's, you know, you get the idea. It's, it's, uh, let's just say that I can never, ever walk past a hamster in a cage without a little tear in my eye. Um, all right, that'll do it for this fabulous edition of the Stratosphere Lounge. It's made possible. Oh, thank you. All the party and emo emojis and all that other stuff. Um, uh, made possible by the members of BillWhittle.com uh, to whom we are always grateful. And remember or not, the, the, the kindness and the love and, and support that we get from you people all the time, especially on birthdays and things like that, is just outstanding and, and means the world to me and it means the world to Natasha. She simply shakes her head in wonder. She, she, she's never seen anything like this before. It doesn't work like this where she's from. It does not work like this. Uh, more live streams. Okay, let's do it. Um, I'm, I'm up for something new. Absolutely. So uh, let's give something a try here. Um, all right, that'll do it. So we're going to go to the uh, to the end screen now, and then I'm going to turn off the recording. And and just for just for kicks, just for kicks, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to turn off the stream as well, just to see. You know, this is kind of a you know experiment to see if uh, turning off the stream is any good. Is the firewall up? No, it's not. But it is down. It's on tape. We'll see you next Thursday unless something happens, in which case we'll see you next Friday. And if that doesn't happen, then we'll see you the week after that right here on the Stratosphere Lounge. Thanks for joining us.